You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. We hope you're doing well, and we want to say a very special Happy Father's Day week. Uh, we get our own week a now? Week. I'm declaring it. You oh, know, wow. Like, you know, wow. I have a lot of people who are like, it's my birthday month. I'm like, so, <laughs> you know, right? And so like, we're, it's Father's Day week. We get all, we're going to, we're, we're claiming it as yeah. our own. So, yeah, we hope you're doing well. We birthday are. Birthday month. This is a very, <laughs> and that's the, the silliest thing. Oh, gosh. And Not in my house. No, Father's right. day no, advice. You don't even get a birthday one. hour, right? No, you get the day and then it's done. <laughs> done. We're moving it's on. Done. So you it didn't is, even do anything. That's Your right. parents did something. <laughs> I'll let you figure out what they did. <laughs> oh, wow. Speaking of fathers, <laughs> there you go. One of the joys of fatherhood. I should just be that salty like every all the time, episode. Every, that's yeah. right. Yeah, get all get it all out. Just let it, you know, let people know just how frustrated you really are. Uh, but we are. It's Father That's Sundays. a Baptist way. That is. Be passive aggressive. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> or aggressive aggressive. Yes. You choose. Yes. So Sunday's Father's Day. So we wanted to take this episode to just talk about <laughs> fatherhood, being a father, what it's like, uh, maybe some advice, things we've learned along the way and things that people have taught us. But before we dive into all that, you doing okay, man? <laughs> you need to take a moment, you need a little time out. Right, well, it's the Southern Baptist Convention this week. So, yes. you know, it's all coming out right now. So Speaking yeah. of, so next week, we'll go ahead and say the next two weeks, we're actually going to be talking about some things, takeaways from the Southern Baptist Convention, which I know to some of you will sound like, oh, I'll just skip next week. Or yeah. some of you, that sounds, ooh, I can't wait ooh, to hear. Popcorn. So we are going to talk about some things going on in the Southern yeah. Baptist Convention. So grab uh, your favorite adult beverage that's and right. listen, listen along. <laughs> in honor. But secretly, because that's the yes, Baptist yes, way. Yes, if you're a Baptist, but, but oh. secretly, yes. So you doing okay? Are they doing watch parties watching this, though? Is anyone actually like listening to this in pri- public? I don't know. I, I would assume most people are listening like in their car. Oh, or yeah, so they should office, not be drinking. Or, yeah, you should not be doing that at work. Yes. Uh, yeah, so don't do that. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of being a father, yeah. Um, you doing okay, <laughs> man? Really? A, oh, you doing okay? Uh, yes, I'm great. All right. Sweet. I'm great. I am blessed and highly favored, Justin. Oh, man, man. I just, yeah. What's the other thing people say? Blessed and highly favored and uh, better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. Which is true. That one's pretty that good one, for an old true. man. That's right. Pretty yeah. good for an old man. I don't ever hear anyone say pretty good for an old woman. Yeah, because people don't, yeah, women don't usually like to say that. Yeah, like, the, I know that, like, we're not supposed to talk about women's age, which is fine, but, like, it's clear you're old. You can acknowledge <laughs> that sometimes. Hey, and, and it's a good thing. Like, you're, yeah. you made it. You're so. mature. And you have wisdom. Titus gives you respect. That's Paul right. gives you respect. I, th- I assume Titus also did. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we don't know so. how he received that fully. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Hopefully he received that correction and yeah. did it. So... Uh, <laughs> Speaking wow. of correction, wow. fatherhood. This is this is what happens. So James has notes today, and I have no notes. Yes. And this is what happens. We we go off the rails. So, uh, so we want to talk about Father's Day. Interesting. I was, was looking. Uh, I wanted. I was curious because I had never actually thought about it until I had to talk about Father's Day. The history of Father's Day from Wikipedia. There you go. No, actually, not from Wikipedia. From Western Governors from University. <laughs> Western, yeah. That, 
<laughs> which I did some research. I was like, yeah, maybe I, they are legit, but maybe not the most reputable. Oh, well, yes. the, their stats yes. still stand. Um, so from the University of Phoenix, he... No. <laughs> sorry, no <laughs> offense. Right. Yeah, okay. No offense to anyone who has degrees from these places. Yes. Um, no, this Probably is actually Liberty, from which the, is History Channel, the History Channel website, yeah. which has to be accurate, right? Right, has to be. I mean, has to be, but... Mm -hmm. Mother's Day started way back in the day and was really an honor, a way to honor the women coming out of the Civil War. There were so many women who were uh, leaders of their family because they were widows. And uh, it only took about six years of its first observance for it to become law uh, in our country in the early 1900s. And then in 1910... Father's Day was first observed in the state of Washington uh, by it was instituted by or observed by a woman who wanted to honor her father, whose hmm. uh, wife had died, and he raised six children on her own. So she wow. began Father's Day. So Mother's Day only took six years to be recognized as, as a holiday in our country. Father's Day took like fifty six years and was not instituted as a holiday until so nineteen so uh, seven something. I don't know seventy sixty something seventy something and. It really was more so uh, pushed into legislation by retailers because there's, there's a lot of commercialism because they were like, June's a slow month. That'd be great. Let's have a holiday where we can push things to be sold. So wow. there you go. Father's Day. So <laughs> I would say this, Father's Day, what would you say is the best thing someone, like best piece of advice someone told you as being a father? Best piece of advice. Well, I think that, I don't know if I could say one, but I guess, you know, what I would say is that great advice is getting advice is being yes. a learner. That's probably the most important aspect of really anything we're doing. But specifically when it comes to being a father is constantly having men in your life who you can learn from by watching them and by asking them questions, you know, specifically for me, not growing up in a Christian environment with, uh, you know, not growing up with my, my father. I think I was just very aware of this huge desire I had to be a good dad, but this complete inability that I had to just know how to do that instinctively. And so I said, Hey, I've got to be learning from people. And uh, God has blessed me with uh, great men in my life uh, in this church and in my previous church who I was around as I was a father who I just said, Hey man, I want to learn from you. I think that's great because, you know, it takes you, you, we need people. We need people to tell us, to give advice. And that's not a natural position that we put ourselves in as, as people, but especially as men, because we like to think we have everything together, know everything, uh, involves humility. Um, I think alongside that, uh, asking for help, asking for advice is, you know, people say it all the time, especially as a new dad, I remember people saying, uh, you know, just enjoy it because it's going to go by so fast. I remember thinking that's lame. Do you know how tired we are and how long this seems? But it's so true. And now that our oldest uh, is now 14, so no wow. longer a, a new teen, he has just turned 14. Uh, and, you know, we've, you know, we've got a lot of kids and our youngest is five, so we still got a long ways to go in parenting, but I, I, I've really started feeling that yeah, uh, for sure. recently, uh, thinking, man, he, he's, he's about to start high school, uh, our time with him in the home, you know, you're never done being a parent, uh, but our time with him in our home is is less than it used to. I mean, less, we have less time with him in our home than we've had with him in our yeah. home now. So I feel that urgency. And I think, uh, you start evaluating a lot more and thinking, gosh, what have I gotten wrong? And you know, you don't want to overcorrect things, mm -hmm. but also you want to say, okay, how am I really going to leverage this time we have right now to set him up for his future? Um, 
And that's sobering, I think. Yeah. And I think, you know, the relationship continues after they're out of the house. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And I think we need a parent with that in mind. Like, hey, I want to continue to have a relationship with this child. However, I think, and this would probably be my second, you know, uh, piece of advice here is that, um, I'm, my job is not to be their best buddy, you know, mm. my, their best friend. And I think a lot of parents who I want that kind of intimacy with them, but ultimately like they don't, they have friends, they have the opportunity to have friends. There's only one person who can fill that role of father. And so like to, to take that responsibility. So I often tell my children things about, you know, Hey, this is how we're going to do things in our house. or we're going to do things uh, in our family. And I'll say it is my job to take care of you and to teach you once you're 18 yeah. and out of our house, like you make decisions for yourself. We, we, I say that all the time yeah. already at really even to our eight year old, you know, like, and I, I think that that would be something that's very important when you talk about the urgency you have is not giving in to this right. temptation to either allow them to do things too early or do things that you really don't want them to do with the realization they're going to have to make those decisions on their own. And you're just trying to teach them. And you talked about, I think last week, uh, you talked about how, you know, we're really their second brain for them. Um, and, I, you know, second brain, second heart, really just God's mm -hmm. shepherd over their life. Agree. And that's so hard. I think now that, you know, as they get older and friends become uh, much more influential, that's kind of a, a normal stage of development for teens is that their, their, their friends and their peers begin to have even more and more and more influence right. on them. And, you know, you get the, well, my friends, my friends, this. And I think as a parent, uh, you know, and we're constantly more aware of how our friends as a parent, I'm more aware of how my peers are parenting, not yeah. just because of community, but because of social media, we're more connected and it's hard. You have to, toe the line of like, I'm not going to let my parenting, I'm responsible for how I parent my children. And I can't be overly influenced by how other people are parenting their children. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's, that can be hard because, yeah. you know, sometimes it is easier just to say, you know what? Okay, fine. Right. Because I want the debate to be done. We have, you have this in your home too. We have some debaters as children and, yes. and you just have to say, no, like I am, God has given me the responsibility right. and I'm not your I, I, one day we will reach that level of we will be friends, uh, you know, and have that, that, but I'll still always be your father. Right. Right now I'm not your bud. Yeah. You know, uh, I am your, I'm your dad and I'm responsible for you and, and not being overly influenced by how everyone else is parenting. You know, look yeah. for the, look for the gold nuggets right. uh, in how people are doing that. I would say stick to your guns and then literally if, your guns. It, yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> depending on where you're from, but the, uh, you know, when things come up, don't be so like narrow minded that you're not willing to be flexible. But what I would say to that is if it's like, okay, we've been doing it this way. My child's telling me this. I see other parents doing this. Am I being too narrow minded? That does need, because we're humble. I would say have a few other dads and moms, you know, who you can talk to like, hey, who, who, who are a little ahead. I mean, I'm thankful, you know, you're talking to me about that. Our kids aren't quite there yet. My oldest is 12, where they're like, my friends, my friends, my friends, because, you know, sixth grade versus eighth grade or, you know, seventh and ninth. Sorry, they'd be upset if I said that wrong now. <laughs> but, you know, like, hey, what did you do in this situation? I just think being a lifelong learner yeah. is so important, specifically in this great responsibility we have of shepherding. So not being so narrow minded, but also sticking your guns. And, and getting counsel uh, before you make a shift. Exactly. So we've been talking about advice we've received, and we're kind of turning the corner to advice that we would give because we're we're kind of in this stage too, as not just at, at, because of our stage of life, but 
because of our stage of life and our role yeah. as pastors and the people do ask us questions. Uh, so what other advice, what's, what's the next thing that you would say to someone who's coming to you say, Hey, what advice would you give me as a dad? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, and I mean, when you say shifting from advice that we've learned to advice, we're, oh, we're still it's learning. All the same. Yeah, it's, well, it's all the same. <laughs> Every, there's nothing new under the sun. So literally right. any good I have to now, say, I have this anything. special insight that only I yeah. have that I'm about to give to everyone. Well, I, I CS Lewis says that like, like true wisdom doesn't come from saying new things, but saying the old things in a new way, mm -hmm. you know, and over and over again. And I think that like, really that's in, in Christians, we've been given this great, mm -hmm. uh, rich, uh, uh, resource in the Bible and this great re rich resource in the church, which has, has flushed out how that applies in our context. And so, you know, if you're out there lone rangering it and not connected to the church, you're just going to be so insufficient. And that's why I, I'm not really like, as a pastor, like our church is fine. We have like enough money. Like we have enough people. Like I'm not upset that all of our young families are always at travel ball because like it hurts my feelings. I've gotten over that. Like you can't stay in ministry more than 10 years and remain right. like so sensitive. <laughs> Taking like, so yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. But like, it hurts. They're like out there really independent from the church. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and, and so I, I think it's this great resource we have. And so to be constantly learning, I just want to reiterate that and then to take responsibility. But I, th I think the important thing is we think about the urgency we have and the lifelong relationship we have is, is the first thing they're looking to is our example. Our children yeah. are watching us. And so we need to be, and, and I mean, this shouldn't be our only motivation, but it is a great secondary motivator. We need to be constantly aware of what kind of example are we setting to those who are around us, specifically our children who are watching us. Yeah, and they're watching everything and they're yes. good at calling out our inconsistencies. <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> it happens all the time. I think in setting that example, uh, one of the things that someone told me and then I was not not resistant in the in the form like I don't think that's good advice. Resistant in the form of pride uh, is that one of the best things we can do as an example for our kids is teach them how to apologize. Mm. And as a mm. parent and as a dad, I think we don't want to do that because we feel like we we're right. But yeah. I think that has um, teaching my kids to say I'm sorry by. Even even in a situation where they're the ones that are wrong, like I can model for them. Like even if I spoke, I can say, "Hey, buddy." Sweetie, whoever, whichever, whichever yeah. one. That's why that's the, I call my son's buddy, and I call my even though we're not buds, uh, and I call my daughter sweetie or baby. Uh, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry mm -hmm. I said that to you. It was really not how I should have communicated that, and that's my and teaching them that mm -hmm. that example uh, and posture of humility, and that enables um, them to be able to do it. And oftentimes, you know. Uh, they will now be the ones who will initiate that after disobedience or after, you know, saying something the wrong way, you know, not all of them, but I, we're starting to see that. Uh, and that is huge in setting the example. Uh, yeah, that, that's important. You know, I think our ultimate goal, I remember my wife saying about her dad when we were about to get married is that, that you know, she never had a hard time. There's a lot of things she has a hard time with, but she never had a hard time understanding the love of our heavenly mm -hmm. father because of the love that her father had for her. And so like, that's a goal. Like yeah. I want my children to be able to say that. I actually heard uh, somebody say that at a funeral recently from their father passing away mm -hmm. as well. Um, but, but at the same time, recognizing like, I need to constantly tell them, but I'm not God. Like, right. so, you know, one thing That's I good. ask my children all the time is how much do I love you when they're little? And we, I'm even doing this with, you know, one of the foster children in our house is yes. like, stretch out your hands as much as <laughs> you can. And I'm like, now how much does God love you? And then they stretch them out even further mm -hmm. because he loves you more. And just, so I think it's like, I'm, I'm just very clear. I'm 
I'm trying to show you God's love, but I'm not as loving as God is like, and I pray for them. And this would be good advice. Pray for your children like crazy. What's mm -hmm. amazing to me is like the Bible yeah. study teaching part is like natural, not natural mm -hmm. to me, but it's like something I'm really good at. The just being a prayer for people yeah. is not necessarily, yeah. but my children, when we go to bed, they're more concerned. Dad, will you pray for me? Like yeah. each of them individually, will you pray for me? Because mm -hmm. it's just become something that is meaningful to them. And I pray God help them to see that I love them and help them to see even more how much you love them. I think, yeah, that's so good. And I think part of what this is, is it's helping develop these natural rhythms. Yeah. And I think as a parent is like, even as a parent who's committed to the church, to being in church, to being a part of church, like if they don't see it at home, yeah. they don't, it does not become a natural rhythm for them. Yeah. And so thinking of ways that we can model this and show this and, you know, like, you know, Jesus tells us to pray. He's like, you know, go into your secret room. But I think like for our kids, it's important that they see us doing yes. this though, yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, in modeling. Secret room. Secret, is it man cave. Play, that's right. <laughs> yeah, prayer cave. Pray oh man, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. churchy, isn't that's it? Right, right there. Boom. We just we're fist pumping on that. Yeah, yeah. I need a man cave. I need a prayer cave. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. I need this a god is cave. How I find my battle. Oh, you know, like a rock, right? I sing it with a deep rocky voice. I like that you did it in the Nick voice. That's there. right. Because that's manly. It's also because my throat's a little sore. I think so is the guy from Nickelback. That's right. Permanently. Yes. Or or he's really good at pretending. I think. Wouldn't you sing Creed though? Since we grew up in the 90s, That's like, hi, uh, or whatever that was. <laughs> what was that song? I don't even remember, man. I, I think I've, I've purposely decompartmentalized okay. so, that, yes. that So back to your God history. cave. Back to <laughs> God cave, back to the God cave. You have to say it in Batman voice. Um, it's important for them to see it. And because the goal is that these things are becoming natural rhythms of their lives too. Yeah. Um, and we want to model that um, and show them. I think... Something I've, I'm learning right now, like in our home, my parents were, we, hardest part for me in terms of prayer and stuff like that is that you have to be still and, and be present. And I think that's something God's teaching me is to be fully present. My tendency is to do stuff. Like, I just want to do stuff, do stuff, get stuff done, get stuff done. There's always so much to get done. Mm -hmm. And, and Christy's really good at pointing out to me, you just need to be here mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and be present. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm so limited. I think I've got to get all this stuff done. Uh, I just need to be present. And to think like that is God's love for us. Like he is yeah. present with us all the time. Amen. And to give my kids that present withness, whether it's just, hey, we're even if even in watching a movie that I'm not like, okay, yeah. this is a lame kids movie. I'm yeah. going to be on my phone. Yeah. No, like I'm showing them like this is important to them. Uh, you know, we recently just did some stuff in the backyard and I thought like my goal is like when I some projects, I'm like, I'm going to go and get this done. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, mm -hmm. Christy's like, well, great. I'll just take care of everything else. And like, well, yeah. if I can involve the kid, even if it's going to take longer, it's, yeah. gonna, it's not going to be perfect. It's so much better that I'm present with them. And, um, you know, our second son, uh, Sam David is a little more like you have to like work to get stuff out of him. You know, he's yeah. just not going to just naturally share stuff, but, and he also is not just naturally going to just show the initiative to do stuff, yeah. you know, projects. And, uh, except for when he led the greatest comeback in flag football history right. ever now, for my team. That's I was right. Coaching. He, he's, he's, he is quick. That's <laughs> yes. right. He, yeah. 
That is so true. And so, but I was like, hey, single. I was like, I want you. Sam, to you're to never going to hear that because I know you're not going to bother to watch like, That's this. lame. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I involved him in the project and it was great to see him come to life in that. And then yeah. like, if we want our kids to talk to us, I think as a dad, especially like you have to like figure out what's going to unlock the key with yeah. each kid. And they're all yeah. different. There's not a, you know, secret to, you know, the universal trick, like each they are all different. different. We both have six kids in our house. Isn't it Every crazy how different they are? One is different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little exhausting. Yeah. But also, like, hey, you know, that's part of the call of being a dad is like, yeah. I've got to, I've got to know my kids. And well, I, you know, and like, but doing that project with him, I kind of just unlocked this, like, yeah. you know, like he felt accomplished and he owned it and it was his. And it wasn't just me doing this for him. It was like us doing this together, which is, I mean, if you want to talk about the church and discipleship, yeah. that's what it should be. But it also helped us have, we had this great moment of connection and yes. we're able to talk about some stuff as we're doing it. And I think for me, I could have just said, I'm going to get this done, but no, I need to be fully present and know that that's more important than getting my stuff done. What's interesting is, you know, everything we're trying to do as a dad is pointing back to the relationship that we have with our heavenly mm -hmm. father, because that's the eternal father relationship. Even the Lord's prayer is like, hey, I'm your dad. I mean, that's really what the, the theme of the Lord's prayer is. And so we're thinking about that as we're parenting, as you're talking about the backyard, like that's what God did. Like God, God's, God is the center of the universe. His desire is his glory, because that's for the good. And it would have been much easier to just make rocks cry out and to just do all mm. that stuff. But God chose to yeah. include us in his glory, like as part of the church and servants of God, like it would be much easier to him to get the backyard mm. done himself. Yeah. But for just whatever reason, he involves, he involves us. us in it. And so when we parent, like we're saying, hey, I can I can do uh, a similar thing. But I, I have five shotgun statements here. Shotgun uh, it, boy. Yeah, yeah. I keep using a lot of, you know, Guns. artillery That's references That's right. You need to go today. blow some things yeah, up. Yeah, I know. Maybe. <laughs> get maybe. all that aggressive, aggressive out. Yeah, I'm going to go shoot for Father's Day. Um, so number one is I would say be firm but gentle. Yeah. I think that's great manliness, fatherless, father hoodiness. I don't know yeah. what you call that. Uh, it's to just be very firm mm -hmm. about what's right, about what you're convicted of, but always gentle. Gentle. Um, and I feel like that's how God is with us. Like yeah. it, the truth is the truth, but he's so, he's Jesus. I mean, look at right. Jesus. Like that. that's mm. what we're trying to do. Well, there's a book that's fairly new called Gentle and Lowly. And I recently uh, finished it. James Ortland, Ray Ortland. I can't. Dane Ortland. Dane Ortland. Dane Ray is the dad. Okay, gotcha. Ortland. I don't actually know if they're related. <laughs> I don't know. The yeah, last yeah. name's Ortland. Yeah. It is such Gentle and a lowly. good book. And as I was reading it, it is about how you know, Jesus is you know gentle and lowly and how his goal and all of it is like this relationship with his children. And um, it doesn't negate, like being gentle doesn't negate the firmness. Like you're talking about it's firm and gentle. It doesn't negate any of that. It actually makes it stronger. And yeah. I personally, with my kids, uh, because there's always a lot going on, can just default to the firm. Like, I said, do it, do it. And yeah. th th there's no gentle. And, and there are times when that's appropriate, yes, yes. you know, but most of the time, my default is not to be gentle. And I think right. of, um, you know, Jesus was like, Jesus was is gentle with us. He's patient with us because his goal is the heart. I think mm -hmm. of, you know, Christy's dad. It's like the picture of that to me. Like she, she used to say, I literally never, I mean, part of it is because Christy and her twin sister were like angels growing up. He never raised his voice. He just, he was so good at, and then same thing, what you said, your Christy shared about, she's never doubted God's goodness and his love and his faithfulness mm. because she just, her dad was that. And I think, would my kids say that? I don't, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully I'm be humble enough to, you know, 
<laughs> yeah. show them that. But I think that is so, um, the gentleness is mm-hmm. uh, often myself what's lacking. I think in a lot of guys, it's what's what's lacking. Yeah, I agree. And then some is the other, the firmness yeah. isn't there. They want to like, be other, like, and they think they're being gentle, but they're really being uh, passive, passive and yeah, pushovers yeah. and just letting yeah. their kids do whatever. And that's not okay either. Yeah. And like, you know, I think we live in this world where an appropriate reaction to uh, male chauvinism is women have a more of a voice. But on the other hand, like an overcorrection is there's a lot of homes where the men like are passive. I invited a guy to church and he said, Oh, my wife, that my wife handles that, you know, and it's like, dude, lead your home. Yeah. Like, you know, be a leader. I'm not saying like, tell your wife what to do all the time. No. Like, <laughs> but, cause that doesn't work for me, but I'm <laughs> saying like, take responsibility over <laughs> right. your family. Yeah. So number two, I would say is, uh, teaching your children respect. Um, and you know, Jesus said yeah. the great, two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the first scripture that we asked our kids to try to memorize. Mm-hmm. They have it memorized in their own paraphrased, uh, translations, but respect everyone, even the te- football teams and basketball teams and baseball teams that I coach like that that respect everyone Mm -hmm. like everyone deserves respect I'm not saying trust because there are people that don't deserve to Mm -hmm. be trusted but everyone does deserve respect and so teaching your children that if you have multiple children in the house what a great training ground (laughs) for teaching respect man that's where it's tough it's so easy so much easier for them to show to respect to people outside of their home yes Uh, you know because I'll hear that from man your kids are so kind and respectful I'm like that's awesome could you like I just want them to transfer that to their brother relationship their sister yeah i know right me too can you me just too. do that at home please you know, I, 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 in anger i may have said that to one of yeah. my children would you just be as awesome here as everyone knows you are out there one of my children like <laughs> that was not they're, helpful they're they're athletic but they're not as aggressive as they should be in sports and like but when they play against their brother, they're like throwing bows and like, I'm like, why can't you play like that on the court? Like, you know, I just want to be respectful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, gosh, like transfer that. You're like killing your brother. But, you know, and I think with this and everything, but this, like we, we tie everything back to the gospel. A few weeks ago, I posted on Facebook, but I was riding with one of my children in the car and they had just been very critical of all their siblings. And I was like, you're, you're just doing that because you want to tear them down because you want to feel better about yourself. And I want you to think about Christ. Like he was torn down so that we would be lifted up. Like how you're acting is the opposite of how Christ acted. And we're Mm -hmm. believers. Like we want to reflect Christ in our actions. And so this issue of respect is not just about like what's going to get you by in life, Mm -hmm. but what is going to show people Christ and their value in Christ by the way you treat them. Yes. And amen. The number three thing I would say is to work hard. I I believe that we're stewards, uh, according to the scripture of time, treasure, talent, uh, uh, beyond that. And so whatever we do, we want to do it with all our heart as if we're serving Mm -hmm. the Lord and not men. Again, that doesn't mean achieve the American dream. It means whatever God gives you, we're trying to do our best with it so that we can point people to Christ. Um, and so again, he's the master. So that might affect how we work hard. Uh, but you know, I do, you, you want to give your all and everything you have, as far as it depends on you and trust the Lord with the results. Yeah. Teaching our kids to do their best, even if it's something they don't like or want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and we, well, it goes back to modeling that they're not going to do that naturally. And yeah. they're certainly not going to do that if they don't see us doing it. You know, this yeah. is our actions will set the the tone for this. Um, you know, and we say that they, we said there's there's things that we know nobody likes to do, but you have to do. Yeah. Well, and this that's part of life. That's yeah. that's part of being a family. That's part of being in the workforce. Like 
everyone in their job has something they don't love to do or like to do, but you do it because it's needed and you do your best at it because ultimately we're wanting to glorify God. Yeah. Number four, as I would say, when they're in trouble, tell them that you love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And when they struggle, you know, even that, but I would say specifically when they do things wrong, if you're growing up in a, if you're, if they're growing up in a home that's pointing towards Christ to the Bible, like they know they're doing something wrong. And just in that moment to help them see like, Hey, yeah. I love you no matter what. And I, I would even say to my children, like, there is nothing you can do that would have caused me to stop loving you. Right. And there is not, and I do this, there is nothing someone can offer me mm-hmm. that would cause me to give you up. I mean, and when they were younger, like Judah is still here cause he's eight, but like the other kids, it's not as funny anymore. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, tell me something that's awesome. They're like, if somebody gave you Disney world, I would like, would I give you up? If somebody would give me Disney world, they're like, no, like yeah. just mm-hmm. ingraining that in them, like how valuable that. they are to you, even in their failure, I think is super important. I think that is so true. And the flip side of that is that it's easy in a conversation where you're correcting or pointing out things that are, they've done, either they've done something wrong or you're pointing out something. Hey, you know, uh, our kids easily can go to shame and yeah. we as parents can compound that and even yeah. shame them. And and because shame can be a very easy fix to an immediate behavior. Uh, but it ultimately it leads to, it is ultimately long-term very damaging yeah. because it shame, it teaches kids to hide. Right. And we don't want right. to parent our kids in such a way uh, that they hide their failures from right. us because we can't. Even like, their sins, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. their sin. Like yeah. we want them to confess and we want them to come to us and say, I was struggling or I did this. And because that's how we, that's God's love for us. Yeah. You know, he doesn't tell us to hide. He tells they, us it's covered. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. And if we're shaming or how could you do that? When we say yeah. things like that, if we find ourselves saying things like that, yeah. like we need to, we need to pause. Yeah. So this gives me chills and tears almost every time I talk about when Adam and Eve sinned, what did God do? Mm. He walked in the garden with That's him right. And was like, what did you do? Even though he knew what they did. Yeah. Where are you? Why are you hiding? Yeah. Why are like, you hiding? Like, like, come. Oh, man. Yeah. That's God with And he us, like so. knows like, like yeah. what you've done is. And there's still consequences got, for yeah, what they there's did. God, but, and what you've done has, is going to cost a son his life. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm with here. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are, you, why are you hiding? Yeah, yeah. and then I already said, number five, uh, I'm just going to say it again, even though I already said it, is pray for them, pray mm-hmm. for them, pray for them. When they have something going on, when they, every night, if you can, I mean, I know some, you know, we're going to do our best just to always pray for our children and not churchy, like teach them how to pray, teach them how to have a conversation with God mm-hmm. um, and just pray over them, pray for their spouse, pray for their future, pray, just praying for them so they are seeing, but but not not just so that they're seeing, so that truly you are committing these children to the heavenly father. I just feel like God has helped me so much. Mm. I, I, I've told this story before, but like one of my uh, children were struggling with hustling in baseball, but it was, they were struggling with like hustling and schoolwork at that time. He was I thought homeschooled. you meant like they were like yeah, hustling, yeah, hustling yeah, on the <laughs> like street. Like they were selling stuff. Street, yeah. yeah. So he was selling rocks and I was, like, I was like, you, I was like, you're seven. 
Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, baseball cards. I went to crack and you went to baseball cards. So shows our upbringings. Uh, anyway, in the, in the suburban right. a, a Metro Atlanta right. with his stayed together father and mother, they were hustling right. baseball cards. In Me in my broken home, right, broken home in the hood of Jacksonville and then moving to Stark. It's like, don't sell rocks like your dad. Anyway, sorry, this is getting therapeutic for me right well, bring now. It, bring it. But let it go. So, so I took a out and made him run like this portion of our front yard that was like 60 feet. Um, just like, you're going to run your hardest. He was crying, you know, like mm -hmm. you're going to run your hardest because you don't, you got to give it your all. That night we're playing in a baseball game against, we're like the number two team and this is the number one team. And it's neck and neck bottom of the game. And he's on third base. He get, like hits, get on third base. He's the game winning run. There's yeah. two outs. And so this kid isn't going to hit it far. So he's got to run 60 feet. Right. As hard as he can. Gotta hustle. To win. And I'm like, I was just like teaching him. <laughs> and I leaned over. I said, I said to him, this is exactly what we were doing today. Yeah. Run as fast as you've ever run. Mm -hmm. and it's like God was just like reinforcing Preparing. this. Yep. I mean, he's not going to be a professional athlete, but God was reinforcing this principle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. how did God orchestrate this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to help me teach this yeah. principle. It just shows like we have, <laughs> you know, we have to rely on the yeah. Holy Spirit to lead us as we parent. Because you could read every book. And you could read every article. You could be a part of a thousand different groups about parenting and you're still insufficient. Yeah. And, mm. uh, you know, we need we need resources. We need people. We need community and we need the Lord uh, because <laughs> this is just like the biggest job ever. You know, yeah. I think like being a husband and being a dad, like we are so insufficient on our own mm. and we've we need the help of the Lord or um or else we just mess it. We make it worse. You're right. <laughs> you know, I get moments where I'm thinking, I know what to do uh, in my own strength. I'm probably just making it worse. And, you know, what we want our kids to do is we want them to grow up more than anything, more than being successful, more than having great careers, more than being good people, being moral, even more than being good dads and good husbands and good good wives and good, uh, you know, moms. Like we want our kids to know the Lord. Amen. And that's the, that's the, the most important thing uh, and all those things, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all those other things will come because he's working in us. Um, you're not, not in a prosperity way, but those things will fall in place. Like as guys, we seek God, he's going to lead and direct our paths. And, you know, we tell our kids that a lot, like, Hey, you know, cause they're like, what do you want to be when and our kids are still like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, you know? And uh, they don't know yet. And that's okay. But we're like, here, here's what you need to do. Like, it needs to be something God's leading you to do. And that needs to be the primary goal. You know, it's not like what's going to make you, I do so like one of you needs to have a really, really good job so you can take care of us. In our lives. <laughs> yeah, I know. But one of you six needs to do I that. I do lift that up to the Lord every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Y'all draw straws. One of you figured yeah. out. Um, we'll just have more if not. That's <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you couldn't take care of me. But you know, I think that's the goal. And mm -hmm. uh, in parenting uh, and being dads and being fathers is to point to the reality that we are insufficient fathers, uh, but we have a perfect father. Amen. If, if that wasn't an expensive mic, I would tell you to drop it right now because I think that's it. a good place drop to end, the mic. Well, we hope that you have a great a week, a whole Father's Day week, celebrating hey. Father's Day week. And men, I would just say like, if you're out there, and you feel alone in this and you need help, like we 
will walk with you, help you connect you with other great men in this church who will walk with you. You know, if you're, yeah. if you're a wife out there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, my husband isn't doing these, some of these things, like love them, support them and try to get them connected with other men. Cause you nagging them on some of these things isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to shut down. Yeah. 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 So be part of that. So uh, join us next week as we uh, continue, not continue as we start talking about the, the Southern Baptist convention, our bum, next bum, two bah. weeks talking about issues related to that. Uh, it'll be exciting. And then uh, coming later this summer, we're actually pretty excited about us. Uh, uh, some special guests we're going to yeah. have uh, some leaders in our, from with, in our community. It's going to be, a, I think it's going to be some really good yeah, it's episodes. It's going to be a good July. Out. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, we, as again, we thank you so much for listening. We want to remind you to subscribe so you don't miss what's coming next. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.